Hey, what's up, my fellow pilgrims? Welcome back to the Pilgrimage Podcast. For those waking up to the wonder in all things, celebrating truth and beauty, seeking to live fully here, fully present, fully human. We're over halfway of this new series. Well, it's not that new anymore. We're over halfway. Um, this series on discipline, living lives that cost us who we don't want to be, getting excited about meeting our future selves. And I'm excited to get onto this um, to this next episode. Before I do, I just want to tell you about the pilgrimage platform. Uh, for those that just want to want to go a little deeper, uh, every week I, I release new content about pilgrimage, about living a life that is is meaningful and, and acknowledging the the holiness of everything that is amongst us, of seeing deeper into that which often we walk past. The fire is burning uh, in in our midst, and um, I release new music. I release new poetry and it's just a way of sustaining my work and my creative endeavors and keeping this podcast going ad free so if you want to sign up you can go to joshualukesmith.com and do that today but without further ado let's do this i just want to tell you this story i um i used to work in a in a shop in a clothing store for a number of years We just got married and I was studying as well at the time. And I worked pretty much full time in this clothing store and I found it to be incredibly boring. I didn't enjoy it. I spent my time folding t-shirts, talking to customers, running up and down the stock room, replenishing uh, the clothes when they had been sold and just found it incredibly boring. What, What made it more intense was that I was in a very creative time in my life where I was desperate to be playing music and traveling and touring and recording, but found very little time to do so. And so would be on the shop floor, but just frustrated. And and I just remember this period of time, it was probably about a year into working, where I was praying on the shop floor and I was praying for a way out. Like, when am I going to have the opportunity just to do what I want to do? Like, when am I, gonna, when am I going to be able to go on tour? When am I going to be able to release music? When am I going to just like spend a week recording? When, 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 when? And um, and I felt this reply, this answer, and so I wrote it down. I've still got it in a tattered old notebook. This answer. This is what I felt in response to my prayer. Why do you think? Like, why are you so convinced that you will be present? doing all these things you're desiring to do, touring, recording, making music. Why do you think you'll be present doing all of these things if you're not present doing what you're doing now? Like you can ask for all of it and you can desire for all of it, but when you get there, it's still going to be you who's there. It's not going to be a different version of you. It's just going to be you. Like you'll have grown and evolved, but it's, it's going to be you. And if you can't be present where you are right now, what makes you so sure that you'll be present where you are over there in your mind, in these in these thoughts and ideas? And um, it really impacted me. And it it really kind of sows into this whole concept of living a life that costs us who we don't want to be. Because what I realized was I have all these dreams and all these desires, but actually what will fashion me into becoming the person that really is in the place when they're all happening, like really in the room, is whether I can be in the room during the most mundane moments of my life. 
And it led me onto this kind of year, maybe two year period of like choosing to fold t-shirts and to replenish stock with a sense of presentness that I didn't have before. And it wasn't because I became this like holy saint that enjoyed folding t-shirts. It was because I felt so excited and so desiring to do all these other things that I just didn't want to miss it when I got there. And it was this conviction of, if I'm not here now, I won't be there then, you know? And I'm still very much you know, challenged by that today and, and, and embracing it as a, as a way of living now, because it's, it's true. Some of you might have heard of this book called Practicing the Presence of God by this incredible, he was a monk called Brother Lawrence. And it's a phenomenal book. It's quite a short book, but it tells the story of a man who, who in his words, never did great things, but chose to do all that he did with a sense of sacredness and presentness that in everything he would do, he would encounter the presence of the divine. And the, the story goes, he spent most of his time in the kitchens of monasteries peeling potatoes, but peeled those potatoes with such a sense of presentness that he missed nothing. In the sense, he missed nothing of like the realness, the, the, the beauty and the wonder that life had to offer because he was present in what he was doing. And so this, this episode is, is, is present present be where you are be where you are and for me as someone who was who's always wanted to create things and you know start things um i've had to really realize that my my context and my circumstance doesn't define my creativity because why would what i've i've been what i've struggled to do over the years is is believe that i can be as creative anywhere you know, as I can in perhaps the ideal scenarios of my in my mind of oh, I'll be creative then I'll do this then. So going back to the shop floor, I um I decided all right I'm gonna start writing on the shop floor. And so whenever I had little gaps in the day where I wasn't serving a customer and I was just folding t-shirts and putting stock back, I just would write. And I wrote this whole EP on the shop floor. And this EP was the first project I ever put out. And when I put it out, it actually got to, it was before Spotify and Apple Music, it got to number two in the, in the, in the UK hip hop charts on iTunes and number nine in the world. And it kickstarted my whole music career. It just opened up doors and music started paying rent, which was mad. I couldn't believe it. And I realized it all come from being present to, to folding t-shirts and you know the crazy thing about being where you are and being present to where you are is it actually births new life when you're present where you are it births new life elsewhere so I found like I I, I tapped into like this poetry and, and and writing rhymes on the shop floor that I had never done when I wanted to be off the shop floor when I wanted to be somewhere else in my mind constantly I found myself dry creatively but when I was present where I was I found myself more creatively inspired which was just so crazy and I remember on the EP launch of that project all the guys from uh from my work came out and my manager was there and you know, on the stage, I was like, yeah, I wrote this whole project on the shop floor. And, uh, and, you know, she just kind of put her head in her hands, like, oh my goodness, like, I basically paid you to write uh, an EP, like my retail manager ended up being my record label, giving me the advance. <laughs> and um, it was just, yeah, it was just really bizarre. And 
what was what was just so crazy was last year I got a message from someone and they they work at that retail store and they said hey um your music is playing on the system here but this isn't like a you know a a playlist that we're allowed to put on. This is a playlist that is created by head office and plays in 180 stores around the country. And they put your song on it. And that just felt like such a gift. And it felt like such a wake up call to me of, wow, like what, what I was dreaming for, or let's say this, going back to the first episode, what I was fantasizing about, what I was thinking about, but wasn't prepared to do anything that would cost me to get there. Actually, when, when, when that was embraced into reality and into dreaming, became what I always wanted it to be when I chose to take a fantasy and turn it into a dream as in like all right I'm not gonna wait for the perfect moment to do this I'm gonna do it now it actually served me and came back and gave me the gift I initially wanted which which is just so encouraging to me and has been like a really sort of it's been a it's been a uh uh uh, a challenge to keep being in that place like Josh remember when you were present where you were you were given the gift of what you really desired and it's so true for all of our life not just our creativity not just our work there's there's a she was a Victorian poet um Elizabeth Barrett and she said this I love this line she goes earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush a fire with God but only he who sees takes off his shoes whilst the rest sit around and pluck blackberries. <laughs> we say that again, it's so good. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. She's saying only those who are where they are see the truth of what's really going on. Only those who are present to where they are see the divine interventions all around us. If you're not where you are, if you're in the room but not really in the room, you'll see existence and see what's before you at its most surface, surface level of perception. There's something deeper. There's something more special and creative and sacred happening but we miss it when we're not where we are and it's such a such a deep and and an almost um harrowing challenge especially right now like i feel it so constantly because of the amount of distractions coming in and out of my mind you know and from my hand, from this glowing world that's in my palm, you know, from the from the addiction of scrolling, from the from the the, the habitual relationship with being involved in other people's lives and stories that we're so used to now to pull ourselves away and be where we are. And um, I, I just I think it's so key to living lives that cost us who we don't want to be. Because I can tell you right now, I don't want to be a man who isn't where he is, you know. I, I had a mentor um, who, who, who's passed away now, sadly, but I remember him saying, saying to me, I, I was once with this bishop of great importance. And I said to him, you know, you've sat with leaders of nations and, and people of you know, great authority. Who, who was the most important and impactful person you ever met? And he turned to this man, this, this mentor of mine, and he looked in his eyes and he said, 
you. You are. And and he replied, what do you mean me? I, I have, I've done no great things of the same stature as these people you've met. And he said, you know, the most important person I've ever met is the person that's in front of me right now. Like there's no one of, of, of more like interest to me than the person who's in front of me right now. Like the conversation we're having, I've never had that before. I might have met important and famous people, but this, this is a unique gift. And it's like you meet a friend for a coffee or for lunch, you go out for a walk and it's so easy to, you know, metaphorically just pluck blackberries. It's so easy just to see that moment at its most kind of surface level. Like I've done this before, I've been here before, I know this person and miss what's going on in the moment of right now. There is this opportunity to to have a conversation, to relate to a person, to experience something that has never been experienced before. Like Ever. Like every single moment is utterly and astonishingly unique and sacred because it's never existed. And here it comes again, like a, like a wave crashing that has never, never crashed before. It's back. It's again and again and again. And we are, we're, we're constantly invited into these moments. And I felt so, you know, so just aware of, of my running from it, you know, my, my running into, into being elsewhere because I'm bored of right now, just like I was on the shop floor. And that boredom, that distraction comes from an unwillingness to sit and to stay in, 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 in the moment that I'm in. And, and I'll say this about living a life that costs who I don't want to be. To be present amongst others and to be, to be present when I'm with people has required a discipline of being present alone. I've shared this story once before in a podcast, I think, but uh, Carl Jung, the psychologist, told a story of a man who came to him who was anxious and depressed and bearing a lot of the traits that so much of our society and culture and generation bear today, you know, just anxious. And and he he would say, you know, I, I work these long days at work and I get home and I feel anxious and tired and depressed and um, and then it starts again and I want to break it. I want to get out of it. What what should I do? And and, and Carl Jung, the psychologist, said to him, well, when you come back from work, I want you to be alone. I want you to be alone in your house and 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 no, don't see anyone. Don't engage with anyone. Be, be alone and do this for 14 days or so and then come back to me and we'll talk about how it's been. And so the 14 days goes by and the man comes back to to, to young and he says, I, I did what you said. I, I did exactly what you said. I stayed alone. I stayed on my own, but nothing's changed. I feel as anxious and as depressed as ever. And, and, and young says, all right, well, tell me, what did you do? And he said, well, I finished work and I came home and I was on my own. I listened to some Chopin and I read some Ernest Hemingway and I sat and then I went to bed and went to work the next day. And young said to him, so full of insight, so profound. He said, I didn't, I didn't tell you to sit with Chopin or Ernest Hemingway. I told you to be on your own. And the man looked at him and said, but I can't be on my own. I hate who I am on my own. To which Young said, and yet that's who you inflict on everyone else 12 hours a day. It, it wasn't even enough for Jung to, to allow this man to be alone with music and writing, but to actually find a true sense of solitude. Because 
that solitude brings up within us our true sense, our, our true experience of how we feel around ourselves. And, and partly my running away from being present was because I felt a, a cringe. I felt like a, 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 a just a, an undesiring sort of attitude towards being a lot being on my own. And so if, if that's true, then being around someone else, the same, the same thing's going to come up. Why? Because you're only ever using the other person as a distraction of not being on your own. And so you can't be fully pre present there because you're not actually in the moment. The moment is just a force field to keep you from being by yourself. And, um, and so practicing solitude, spending time alone in the day, in, in, in the mornings for me has been so important to being present where I am the rest of the day because to be present on your own is to be present with the truth of your situation the truth of who you are the truth of what you're experiencing and really acknowledge it and and be it be in it and be there before God it equips you to say today there's actually nothing I'm running from I'm not running away from anything because I faced it today so I can be where I am. To be in the morning and to present before God all your greatest worries and greatest fears and greatest anxieties and not to necessarily tie them up in a nice neat, neat little bow, not to deal with them all or get answers for, from them all, but to just be with them and face them is to say there's nothing now that I'm running from for the rest of the day. And so for me, that will look like writing them out at the beginning of the day literally writing out my experience my anxiety my feelings as well as the good things you know the things i'm excited about the joys the gratitude list i'll do that each morning it'll look like meditation i'll sit for 10 minutes 15 minutes at a time sometimes 20 uh, but that's rare and i'll just sit in silence sometimes guided meditation uh, i use an app called live from rest it's an app i created with my with my dad that just equips you in learning meditation and uh, you know equips you in in building a more um a bigger endurance in meditating and staying and sitting and breathing and being on your own being completely on our own and it's profound henry Nouwen said this he said you know the other side to our uniqueness i talked about uniqueness in the last episode the other side of our uniqueness is our aloneness because we're unique there's no one else on the face of the planet who experiences what we experience as we experience it there's no one who goes through exactly what we go through because we have a complete unique makeup so the other side to that uniqueness is aloneness we're utterly alone in the sense that no one will ever experience life as we experience it so we're not lonely but we are alone in it the reason loneliness is produced in our life is when we don't know how to deal with or embrace our aloneness so spending time in solitude in the mornings or in the evenings at some point during the day but intentional times of solitude and aloneness is an embracing of our uniqueness as well as an embracing of all that comes with being unique our unique you know worries our unique joys and embracing them before god Jesus said this, and it's one of the most profound things I think Jesus said. He said, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not be anxious about anything. And he said, in thinking about worry and anxiety, look at nature, look at the birds of the air and, and, and the, in the fields, the, 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 the flowers in the fields. Look at them. Why? Because if we, if we ponder upon them and we see how well they're taken care of, 
how, how they don't get anxious about whether there'll be food there in the morning or not. That the flowers don't doubt whether the sun will rise. They're taken care of. And he says, so it is for you. How much more will your heavenly father take care of you? It's like we were talking about last week. Jesus is saying, in the blueprints of creation itself, there is affection and tenderness, pr provision and goodness. In, in, in the very granular level of existence, there is kindness and there is love. And if that's true, then we can give our worries and unto God, letting go of them to embrace a deeper and more fulfilling existence. But until we embrace our aloneness, until we embrace, embrace solitude, it won't happen. We'll be, we'll be finding different means and expressions to run from it. When we find a place of aloneness, we find a true sense of being present. I, I think something that robs us of being present is the idea that our worries and our fears and our anxieties and our, uh, our distorted perceptions of ourselves and of God will somehow sometime in the future be magically dealt with. Um, the reason it robs us of our presentness is because wherever we go, there we are with all of that, you know, all of that chaos. So when we start giving it when we start acknowledging it and giving it space to be released, we start becoming more integrated in who we are to actually be where we are. We've been traveling a lot and um, I, I always enjoy the process of like checking in the flight before you go because I want to sit on the aisle. I want to be able to get up and walk around and see people and, and have a little conversations and stretch my legs. And my wife loves sitting by the window so she can stare out at the beautiful clouds and... Um, and, you know, I hate it when I find the plane is booked and I have to sit in the middle of some like row of people. And um, and it's funny, like on the way on the way back on our last trip that happened, I had to sit in between two people and I was like, oh, you know, and could feel all this frustration in myself. And, you know, it's like I talked about in a couple episodes ago when you sort of experience something of yourself that you don't like because, you know, it isn't true to who you want to be. But just recognizing this, oh, this frustration and, you know, feeling antagonized and a little little short tempered about it and just thinking about oh, I can't wait to get where we're going, you know, because when we get there, like it's all going to be good. The sun's going to be shining. I can't wait to eat what I'm going to eat and everything's going to be fine. And uh, no, it was just this sense of like, you know, who who I am on the plane is who I'm going to be when I land, right? Like it's the same man. Who I am on the plane is who I am when I get off the plane. Getting off the plane doesn't transform me, right? It's actually what transformed me is embracing the situation, being present in it and choosing, actually choosing because you're allowed to choose what you feel. You're actually allowed to choose what you feel. You don't have to feel things. You can choose what you feel, which is just a real amazing liberating wake up call of actually, you know what? Like being present is saying, yeah, all right, I have got two big men sat next to me and our shoulders are pressed together and you know there's not a whole lot of leg room and I can't get up without asking this is the situation and the liberation of it of acknowledging that I get to define who the man sat between the other two men is is pretty profound I get to choose to be grateful I get to choose to count blessings I get to choose to start conversations that could lead to just they could lead to friendships, you know, and getting off that plane, feeling like I represented who I really am, not to anyone else, but to, to myself of like, 
okay, we showed up. We didn't wait to get off the plane. Being present is acknowledging that who you are now will, will shape and will define who you are in 10 years. And without taking time to be alone, without taking time to, to, be, to feel compassion for yourself, without taking time to acknowledge the inner workings of your beings, ev being everything else you experience will begin in one way or another to be an escape from that, from that moment because we are created and fashioned to be alone. We're, we're, we're fashioned to experience our uniqueness. And uh, what robs us from being pre present is, is, is trying to escape from experiencing that uniqueness and all that comes with it. And um, there's just something really liberating about saying, all right, this is it. This is my life. Like, this is my life right now getting up in the morning and writing out all that's going on that you wish was different and staring at it and saying, this is it. This is the debt I have. This is the relationship that needs working on. You know, this is, this is where I know I'm unhealthy and I need to make a change. Like this, this is it. Like this is it. There's something so liberating about it because you know that you're not bound to then like, run and escape and use people and use situations as 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 a mechanism of, of of running away and so i'd so encourage that on this journey of living a life that costs us who we don't want to be be present where we where you are to the point that you face the parts of your life that you wish weren't so it takes me all the way back to folding t-shirts of like it's such a it's such a simple story but it's so impacted me because if i hadn't have embraced folding t-shirts and if i hadn't have embraced the, the the truth that my context doesn't define my creativity i don't think i would be doing any of the things i'm doing now you know like i wouldn't be touring i wouldn't be releasing music because i because or, or even worse i would be but i wouldn't be here you know like i wouldn't be embracing it i wouldn't be holding it and treating it as a gift because until we do it in the areas where we we feel less than in the areas where it feels mundane we will not see the fires burning elsewhere if you can't see it now you won't see it elsewhere it's like right now we have the gift of having the perfect opportunity of being present because nothing is going to qualify you for it more than a situation that feels mundane and less than likely you know less than likely to present something that could deeply impact you and the world around you so i i want to i want to close this with with a with a blessing to embrace where we are because wherever you go there you are you know the ground is holy the ground is holy for the one that recognizes it to be so the bush is burning with the fire of god for the one that sees it those are the ones that take off their shoes and recognize that it's holy because they have eyes to see it you know it's that ancient story of moses walking through the desert like he had done a thousand times before looking after sheep the bush burning in the heat of the day. And it says Moses walked aside. He walked aside. And at that point, the bush started speaking the voice of the divine from the bush that was burning and yet not consumed. He walked aside. He recognized that in the middle of what seemed so normal, there was something very, very special. So I bless you, my fellow pilgrim. I bless you as you walk these roads that you've walked a thousand times before. As you do the things you have done a thousand times before. As you look upon sights that you have seen a thousand times before. 
I bless you to see with new eyes, to hear with new ears, and to feel with a new heart, awakened to the reality that in the most unlikely places, there is a divine intervention dwelling. I bless you to see what is bursting forth from the spaces that feel dry, desolate, and even dead. I bless you to know that who you are right now is enough, worthy of spending time with, worthy of investigating, worthy of encouraging and challenging and evolving into a spectacular work of art. Until next time, amen.